0: I know a lot of you have been helping out at the the marriage retreat, the AV team back there. Just really appreciate it. And uh, a big thank you ahead of time for everyone who's going to come up here and help take down afterwards. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, But what a great group uh, we have here uh, tonight. Most of you I enjoy hanging out with. And so really glad to be here uh, with you guys. Tonight I'm going to be talking about do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? I'm going to be talking about Jesus and us. That's what I'm going to be talking about. And it seems like it should be an obvious answer and and question type of situation. Like when I broke and dislocated my ankle in a couple of different parts and it was just kind of hanging off my leg. And people were like, you know, I was playing football and people were like, hey, are you in pain? (laughs) Nah, I do this every day. Just give me some duct tape or some Elmer's. Let me attach it back on. Have you ever been puking your guts out? You know, you're just retching out your soul. You're just like, throw it up all over the toilet, and someone's like, hey, are you you okay? Yeah, I'm great. Doing good. Just just wanted to taste that burger one more time. It's good. (laughs) Kind of on a low budget. Plasma's closed this week, man. I got to savor that taste a little bit. And so there's some obvious questions you know, that we need to ask. Because <laughs> I would imagine all of us in here uh, would want to be uh, physically well, uh, psychologically, relationally, emotionally, all those L-Y words. We'd like to be better at that. But i got to ask the question, do you want to be well? Because if we're really honest with ourselves, you know, as much as we say we we want to be functional, we want to do well in life, we can do some knuckle-headed things at times can I get a little amen on that amen, amen. let's look over at John 5 verse 1 and we'll have the uh, the scriptures like that up on the screen or you can be looking on your whatever device Bibles things you got out there as well but in John 5 verse 1 it says sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five-colored conids. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. You know, Jesus had to get this man thinking here a little bit. He was sitting there for a long time. So he asked this question, do you want to get well? I think we need to ask ourselves this question monthly, weekly, maybe even daily at times if we want to change. Otherwise, we can go through life uh, like we're just on autopilot. It's kind of like when I was uh, in my old apartment a few months back. It was late at night. I was doing something spiritual like looking up football stats or something. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear the uh, uh, the doorknob my apartment, the front door is starting to to shake a little bit and so of course all of a sudden my adrenaline's kicking in you know I'm getting into you know I'm ready I'm, I'm getting I'm starting to grab the remote control and you know I'm gonna gonna take on whoever's coming through that door and then after a few moments I notice I'm like man this person is really bad at breaking and entering <laughs> they're still on the outside and so I, I go up I look through the, the the keyhole and I look out there and uh it's like my neighbor. And she's, she's just on autopilot and has totally mistakenly come to my door and trying to get in instead of going up into her apartment. And we can make mistakes like that without realizing it when we're on autopilot. And we got to make sure we're not just on autopilot, not only when we're going into apartment complexes, but in life in general uh, so that we can be better. So tonight I'm going to be talking about five things and they're, they're relatively fast, so we won't be here, well, we might be halfway through the night. But, but five things you can do uh, that will show to you and yourself or others if you really want to get well. Number one, well, duh. Number one, well, duh. You know, we got to have these well, duh moments in our lives where we see the bigger picture If our choices are actually going to uh, be a smart thing or be a dumb thing. The first time I went skiing, I was hitting up the bunny slope, you know, learning the little wedge, and uh, I was getting kind of aggravated because you have to get on that rope thing, and I really wasn't working that too well, and I was thinking, you know what, if if I go on the chairlift and go really high, I can ski for a lot longer time than what I get out of the bunny slope. (laughs) So, of course, so. I get on the chairlift, and I'm going up the chairlift. You know, I haven't really skied that much. I'm going up, and I, you know, I see the drop-off for the blues, and I'm like, uh, you know, I can, let me just keep going higher. I'm going to take this black diamond. And so I'm going all the way to the top. And so I get to the top. I get out there, and I'm like, ooh, this is really steep. And I realize the, uh, the first part is made up of these giant moguls, these huge mounds. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really sure how I should ski through those. So I'll just go really fast downhill. That'll solve all the problems. So I take off. I'm going down. And uh, I think it was soon after this other skier was, he was shouting something at me. I, I'm sure it was something very encouraging and polite. Um, <laughs> but I was going down. You know, my life just kind of paused for a second. I, I felt a little out of balance. I was just like on one leg. And as I was hanging there, it was like freeze frame. I kind of had this, well, duh, moment, and I realized this is probably going to end up very painful for myself. This is not going to be good. And we need to have these moments in our lives where we realize, how is this going to work out for myself if I keep going in this uh, direction? In John 5, 6, it says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, You want to get well, sir? The invalid replied. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Well, this seems like a well, duh, moment for me, because it's like if you'd really been sitting there and you knew the answer, why don't you just hop on in? Like just, just hop on in. Just, just go. It's, it's, it's right there waiting for you. But he had to have this well, duh, moment we realize you know what do i really want what's smart in this situation and you got to have these moments with yourself so if you want to see change in your life you know every day maybe you're going into a room at at work or school or or whatever else you do during the week and you go in and you know you could choose to be self-centered and defensive and not really talk to anybody not really be outgoing then where's that going to lead you? It could lead you to some really bad relationships. Or or when somebody says something in a conversation, you could choose to react badly, or you could have this well-duh moment and say, you know what, they just said something weird. Let me not keep going down that tangent. And I've got lots of stories from my life of of, of well-duh moments, which didn't really end up very well for me. I, I mean, I think about Uh, doing drugs and then going to harder drugs and realizing, like, on one hand, it's kind of exciting, but on the other hand, wow, my life's getting really a mess, and I'm getting jacked up and unstable. Well, duh, I probably should stop now. But I just kept going on and on. I think of a a good choice I made after a well-duh moment. It was when I was up in Montana, and we were up there and uh, reaching out, and we had just uh, converted uh, one of the members of this this Christian organization, and uh, we had just converted him. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I knew the leaders of this group, but all of a sudden, I'm, I'm getting calls I, from other people in my group saying that they're going around slandering me. And there's people from campus that have been coming out to our group, and, and they're giving me a bad name. Uh, I think they're saying like I was brainwashing them. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, yeah, I'm living off ramen, and uh, living off, you know, I'm driving around a beat up Chevy Blazer. Man, I am not doing a good job of brainwashing. I need to work on this thing a little bit more. Um, but you know, they had this, and I had this thought where I was like, you know what? I know where this guy lives. I could just go into his work. I could grab him by his jacket and just be like, you got a problem with me? Let's talk. Thankfully, I had a well-duh moment. I was like, well, duh. If I go do that to him, that's going to increase the tension. That's not going to help, and, uh. I might be ridiculed at his work. Police might be involved, and that could be bad. But the first thing is you got to take a moment and think, what's going to be more effective in my life? Think, well, duh, that'll work better. Number two, got to go back to the well. Go back to the well. You know, that, that phrase means to return to the reliable source. You know, sometimes we have a well duh moment, but then we don't know what to do after it. We realize something's going to be dumb, but we don't know what to do. We don't know what the answer really is. And so we've got to go back to the well. Uh, Can we show that picture of Bethesda? There we go. So there's a picture of it nowadays. And you can kind of see in the back there, there's some stairs, and they come down, and they dip themselves into the water there, uh, the well, the fountain the spring, And you can look at this event in John 5 in a couple of ways. Uh, maybe the guy had a misunderstanding of God's healing. He didn't know God. Or this guy, guy is, is trying to go to the well, this, uh, this water, and uh, but he didn't quite make it. I mean, the healing, it was right there at his fingertips. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future then you will call on me and come and pray to me and i will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart when i had my wisdom teeth removed I had really big puffy cheeks kind of like my little one um she's so cute uh some of you are like what little one what are you talking about that's that's my baby daughter in case you're wondering uh but i remember having my wisdom teeth oh i got an aw oh, nice uh, but I had the, the wisdom teeth removed and uh, got the, the, the shot beforehand. And then I got the, the laughing gas because I was awake while I was getting them pulled. And I remember just taking that laughing gas and, and seeking it with all I got. Because I was like, man, I do not want to be in any pain during this operation. I do not want to be feeling this while this is happening. And we should view God in the same way. You know, and I get that there's things that, that seem exciting out there. There's things that are temporary. You know, there's even books or programs that are helpful, that can help you to a certain degree. But God, he he plans to prosper you. He plans to give you a future in this life and in the life to come. You know, functionality is right at your fingertips. Jesus says, do you want to get well? And this is an easy place to be functional. It's, It's pretty easy. Somebody can come up here and say, Yeah, let's read the Bible. And we're like, yay, Bible. Or let's focus on God this week. Yay, God, let's do it. Let's sing a song, line of Judah. Yeah, let's get all pumped up. But how are you doing afterwards? A few seconds later, a few minutes later, a couple of days later, when you return to school tomorrow, or work, or your way of life, whatever you do on your own. You know it can get a little bit more confusing it's like when I had those wisdom teeth pulled I, I didn't want to just breathe in that that uh that happy gas once I wanted to keep breathing it in I want to keep breathing in so I wouldn't feel the pain that's what we got to do with God we got to keep going back to the source over and over again when other options come we got to deal with this you know maybe it's a hurt of some kind and you want to just not forgive somebody or just want to get angry with it by going to God. Maybe it's to to gossip or talk about somebody. And it's just to, to validate your own self. You gotta choose to, to go back to the well, to go to God. Or maybe it's something like pornography. Maybe you've heard about it in TVs or movies, or your co-workers or friends are talking about it. You're like, man, that that would seem pretty exciting. And oh yeah, this gives this a little bit of a rush, but before you know it. You're hooked to some device, and you're hooked to a, a phone or a computer, and that's the only way that you can have any sensationalism out of life is by just fantasizing and thinking about things. You've got to realize the, the, well, duh. No, I don't want to have long-lasting pain. I, I'm going to go deeper and more challenging with God's way so I can actually grow. Not have unresolved conflict. Not have to uh, think about, you know, my life story being about pictures of, of naked women or men. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to look in God's word until I find an answer. I'm going to apply God's word to my life. And I'm going to go back to that well. Let's look at Second 2 Peter 2.1. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Go back to that well. Go back to that reliable source again and again. It's right there, right there at your fingertips. Don't abuse it but use it. Number three, get well soon. Get well soon. You know, it's interesting, I never really hear someone say, you know, I hope you take a long time to get well. <laughs> I hope you just, you know, man, I hope it's weeks on end before you get feeling better. never really hear that. Most of the time, it's, it's get well soon. You know, I think about my mom when she had cancer, and she's doing a lot better, and I appreciate, I know a lot of you prayed for her, and it's cool thinking about how God really worked in that situation, but my mom did not want to take longer with cancer. I think about this guy, 38 years, that's a long time, that's a long time, 38 years. Verse 6, it said, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? I mean, I kind of just wonder what that moment really looked like. But if you're really wanting to get well, you're going to go after it. You'll be well known for for trying to grow, not well known just for lying around, just sitting around doing nothing. You know, if you want to get well soon, You'll get real with people about your weaknesses, temptations. Maybe start memorizing scriptures like the ones we've been doing uh, with the church this year. You know, physically, my mom, she needed an action plan. She needed to know, okay, I'm doing chemo chemo at these times and doing radiation at these other times. You know, you can get help forming an action plan if, if you're not even sure, you know, what do I do next? You can get that help with steps that people can coach you through and hold you to. Can we show this, uh, the picture up here? This is a picture of a leech. I don't know if any of you have ever seen a leech. I, th- I might have a couple of pictures of it. There's a different one. You know, a leech, it just sucks the life out of someone. It just sucks the blood out of somebody. You know, if you're not getting well soon and you're just kind of hanging around, you can end up sucking the life out of other people. know if you've ever tried to help someone out, and they don't want to really get well, they're just kind of taking their time with it, and you're investing all this, and, and your time, and, and all of a sudden you feel like the, the tractor beams on you, kind of like in Star Wars, and it's just like, you know, they're just talking to you, and you can't do anything, and it's just like, oh, you just feel like the force is getting like, like drained out of you a little bit. You know, don't be like this to the people around you, draining the life force out of them. Mooching like a leech. Get well so you can do your part. You know, and don't have a pity party. Or be like you You know, don't wait till someone calls you out or has to ask you 20 questions about how you're doing. Was it this? Was it this? Was it the Starbucks? Was it the incident at the Starbucks? Was it the fact that the Starbucks was closed earlier? I was feeling that a little bit earlier today. You know, and if you're, if you're not changing something over a period of time, and people are having the the same conversations with you, yeah. that's a, a sign you need to reboot. Do you want to get well? That's what you should be asking yourself. Do I want to be well? Obviously, this person's talking to me about the same thing over and over. Do I really want to change? You know, and some of you are visiting here tonight, and I'm, I'm glad you're here, and I hope that you come back so you can get weller. I mean, really good. You know, the rest of you are the, uh, the future of the church here. You're the future. And this is a great group, and it's cool to think about what can happen in the future. Some of you are going to go on uh, church planting teams. Maybe go on uh, plants that have already existed, like Corpus Christi or, or uh, Norman, Oklahoma. Ben Boylan's here. You can talk to him afterwards. But you want to get well so that you can help out these other places. So you can help the future. Some of you are going to be administrators. Some of you are going to be evangelists. Some of you are going to be elders. You want to get healthier now so that the churches you in uh, will be in will get healthy as well. You know, there's a direct correlation. It's like if I get healthier, then the people around me are going to get healthier. So the sooner you start working on that, the sooner the church is going to be in a healthier position. It's not the fact that everything's wrong in your ministry. It's like, what can you do to actually help your ministry to get it in a better place? You can clap for that. That's fine. I know it's Sunday night, but, you know, the louder you get, the better I'm going to get. Four, well-read. 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 In general, we're pretty really good at, at looking up things, uh, looking up what we want. We're pretty good at Googling facts. Uh, we're good at, you know, searching up stats. As long as we're kind of in, in control, we've got the information. You know, we're, we're not as good at being well-read when, when people are trying to help us out with something, when people are trying to tell us something. Uh, we can misread how people or God is trying to help us. In verse 6 again it says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. You know, Jesus walked up on him and asked him a question. And he's got this prepared uh, speech of rationalizations and excuses. You know, how do you respond when people try to help you? Is there a quick, yeah, help, how? Help me, please. Or do you just have excuses? Are you critical of them? Or are you grateful? Thanks th- thanks for pointing that out. I didn't realize that. You know, I know it can be hard to be humble and grateful. But if you want to get better, you got to be well-read. I went camping this one time with uh, disciples out in L.A., and it was a it was a long day. It was hot. Uh, my Chevy Blazer, the radiator, had busted a few times. You know, it was already busted. We were, like, stopping, pouring the water in it. Uh, it was just, you know, it was like three of us guys. We were just like, oh, it's just miserable trying to drive. And then we could only go so far, and then we'd have to refill it up with water. I, I'm not saying that's a good way to go. I'm just saying that's how it happened. And then we got out to the, the camping site, and, you know, I'm just – I'm just frustrated. I'm like, we should have been here hours before. I just want to be, you know, unpacked. I want to be, like, cooking uh, hot dogs and schmores and all this fun stuff. And I go out there, and, and I get my tent stuff, my, my, my little two-man tent, and I'm just like, I'm going to put it up. And, of course, people are, you know, they're, they're wanting to help. They're like, hey, can I help you with this? I got, I'm like Heisman. I'm like, no, I got it. I got it. Putting my tent up. Going to do it by myself. Leave me alone. And then I get out there. And, uh, of course, after a few minutes, I realized, like, it's getting dark. And I'm like, you know what? I could actually use some help, guys. And guys, I had to humble out and ask for some help. But in that situation, I just, I, I wasn't well-read. I wasn't thinking about, oh, these people are trying to help me. I was just stuck on my own mindset. And I think there's two areas that, uh, that people have especially hard time with in this country. And, it, and it's very ironic. But uh, the two situations, I think money have a hard time being well-read, and then I think also in relationships. And it seems like these two would be the the most we would want to work on. I mean, think in our country, our finances, debtor nation, overspending, retirement problems. You know, you'd think people would want to get help with finances, relationships. I mean, the divorce rate is super high, and I don't even know the stats of how much dysfunction is out there. But how do you respond when people talk to you about budgeting? You know what about giving, about tithing? What's your reaction, or, or being prepared for special mission later on in May, or hope giving in the in the fall? Do you do you have this healthy, wise, and generous mentality that you're breeding, grateful, or are you stressed? You start twitching anytime everybody talks about money. Like, oh, they're talking about money again. <laughs> Something's wrong. It's a conference. Ah. You respond with a prepared list of excuses. And by the way, when I when I say tithing, I don't mean pocket change theology. Kind of like Jamal was talking about earlier. Like, you know, you wait for the tray to pass. But you're like, oh, what's in, what's in my pocket? And you reach in, you just kind of pull out, and you're like, mm, there it went. I just tithed. I just put something out of my pocket in the tray. Look at me. I just tithe. I'm awesome. No, No, tithing is... It's giving your first fruits. It's giving 10%. It's thinking ahead of time of, of, of wow, I gotten all this from God. Let me budget it out to give my 10% and set it aside. Whether it's online, whether it's checking, and if it's cash, again, don't just grab whatever chain's in there in your car. Whoa, let me grab a quarter out of my car. It's being prepared from it. It's thinking, wow, this is how much money I get. This is how much I should give back to God. And when I became a disciple, I appreciate the brothers so much who helped me with budgeting and spending habits and helped me to to have a peace of mind and not be twitching whenever a a conference came around, not be anxious, thinking about housing or or retirement. And I'm still going to help. I talked to George earlier this week about about taxes and figuring out the best way to do that. But you don't have to be stressed out financially. You can be well-read. You can grow. You can get better at it year after year. Of course, then the other question is, how do you respond about relationships? Are you well-read? Are you upset when someone points something out to you? Do you gossip? Do you slander? Do you complain? You know, people can react crazy when it comes to relationships, especially romantic relationships. It's like, wow. You know instinctively how to have a spiritual dating relationship. Whoa, bro! Perfectly and, and and sinlessly talk to a sister and encourage her. Wow, you are the chosen one, <laughs> man. Her sister, you know how to perfectly speak to a brother to help him feel respected and feel good about himself. I mean, gosh, I, I'm still trying to figure out how to how to talk to my wife, and we just went to like our fifth marriage retreat like man hey man help me out you know I remember people talking to me teaching me how to go on encouragement dates how to think in a spiritual way and not in a worldly way I think about you know developing a relationship how to date you know when I thought it was odd a little bit different based on my own past relationships with women you know purity waiting for your wedding day to, to kiss it's like that's really weird that's I don't want to do that. That's just strange. Why should I wait to kiss someone? But then I had this well duh, moment. And I thought about, wow, all my old ways when I just rushed things and did whatever I wanted to, gosh, it just gave me relational scarring. Why not try to be functional? Why not, you know, let me be well-read and listen to people. In verse 8, it says, then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. What's interesting here is that the, uh, the man became well-read. I'm not, I'm not really sure what happened. Uh, it wasn't like Jesus flashed to I'm Jesus badge. He just <laughs> decided, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to this guy. I mean, this guy didn't even know who Jesus was. I was talking to uh, Matt Hose earlier this week, and he, he mentioned that to me. I was getting some input from my different Bible talk leaders, and I was like, you're right. You know, this guy didn't have this tight, buddy-buddy relationship with Jesus. And I think sometimes we just want to, you know, we just want to hear it from certain people. I really like how that person talks to me. They're really sensitive. It makes me feel really, really warm and fuzzy when they correct me. It's really awesome. You know, we got to feel like we have this perfect trust going on. Well, I only want to listen to so-and-so because I've been around them for five or six years. And, you know, I'm just they're They're great. I love the way they tell me something. You know well read is is being able to uh, to listen in the moment uh, uh, to anyone who, who can help you out any disciple. I mean whether they're they're older, whether they're younger, listening to someone who's the the same age. I mean, even if you don't have this super perfect trust friendship going on, I mean, we can make it so difficult for other disciples and God, who is ultimately trying to help us. You know, well, this person didn't understand me, or I didn't like the way this person said it. You know, I mean, look what, just look at what Jesus said. Okay, do you want to be well? Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. That's all he said. That's it. I mean, he wasn't like, wow, that's really tough, invalid guy. I really feel you. You know, let me help you out here. You know, we can be a landmine of difficulty for people sometimes. Jesus wasn't like, you know, maybe, maybe pick up your mat. Maybe, possibly. I don't know. I've been thinking about this into the guy, and, you know, maybe you should, you should do something here. I, I, I don't know. No, he just told him, get up, pick up your mat. And when someone spiritual is trying to help us out, and we're not humble and well-read, just reveals we want to be dysfunctional we just want to stay in the same place so be well read point number five all's well that ends well when i moved up to montana before i knew it i foolishly signed up for this this huffing for stuffing race it was a race in in thanksgiving Uh, i didn't realize that it would be below freezing weather with snow all over the ground it was a 5k but i remember this this brother saying at the very start, you know, we got to beat those older people over there. As long as we come in, and first before them, we're doing good. Because th- these guys were like in their 80s. And I was like, man, 80, older than us. Some of you, anyway, don't want to insult anybody. I'll say sorry afterwards. But, um, you know, I just, I just want to hope I can continue to stay in shape. I just hope I can, I can be that athletic at that point and i can neither confirm nor deny what happened at the end or whose elbows were thrown or you know what spitting happened but to get well physically you have to practice healthy habits you know sleep fluids vitamins chicken noodle soup all those things i think we got some slides of some things that'll help you be be healthy or not healthy good habits and bad habits you know i've done that couch couch potato But what life habits are you developing now to help you end well? Keep practicing spiritual habits. I mean, many of you are familiar with with OJ on television right now. I was talking to a brother in L.A. He's in a a few of the episodes. You know, and it's just such a, a sad example of someone that was doing so well, having all the glamour, all the hype, and not ending well. I mean, now he's in jail for another crime. Do you think O.J. wanted to end up in a, a jail cell now? Just a lack of perseverance in healthy living. It's a really small picture of him there. <laughs> Little O.J. In John 5.14, it says, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. You know, here he is. He's, he's gone to the temple, so it kind of alludes to this idea of, of holy, healthy living, that he's, that he's getting better, and maybe a fear of God if he messes up. But the bottom line is is what you put into practice now is going to, you know, how you shape up, what you change, that's going to affect your life. That's going to next affect the next stage in life. Teens, what you do now will affect how you are in campus. Campus, what you're doing now is gonna affect how you're doing singles. Singles, how what you do now is gonna affect what how you are next week. I mean it's just an ongoing thing. (laughs) That's just how it is. And so it's like everybody in here has the choice. Do I want to get better? Do I want to grow? I want to show now uh, a serious video on uh, what happens when you settle in life and the consequences of that. Can we show this uh, video? Ah, greetings neighbor. Neighbor boy. Yeah, so we're just bringing your son home. He really loves our wireless direct TV receiver. (laughs) He should know better. We're settlers, we settle for cable, but let us repay you for your troubles. Fresh milk for the journey home. We live right there. Salted meats. No, thank you. Hats then. Don't be a settler. Get a $100 reward card when you switch to DirecTV. All right, I'm not trying to sell DirecTV, but, but, but what's your story going to be? Are you going to be a settler? Are you going to settle in this next phase of life? Or are you going to try to grow? Or are you going to try to mature? How are you going to grow and be well? You know, Jesus is asking the same question today that he asked 2,000 years ago. Do you want to be well? And I really hope that, that everyone in here, I mean, I just imagine this group and what this group can do uh, to change the world around it. I hope that everyone in here does decide to get better. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, uh, there is help around you. And it can be amazing to see uh, what this group uh, can set as a healthy standard uh, for the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Thank you. Amen, amen. Well, thank you so much, Adam. I feel like we're brothers, last name Smith. There's not many of us out there, so we got to stick together. <clears throat> uh, but no, I really appreciate it. You know, first thing that comes to mind, uh, you know, I was just looking back over my notes here, was you, you've got this vision, you've got this this individual who.